Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast of Shemaine's Model Health for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and learn about their body and how it really does work. I am Shemaine Laney. I'm your host. I'm a biohacker and fitness and nutrition expert, and I'm very grateful to have you back with me on this February afternoon and the temperature has lifted here in Alberta for um, the first time in a few weeks and it's so so nice it's so much sunshine I hope you're getting out there and taking advantage of those UV rays and that um, fresh cool oxygen super important for good health as you all know because you're super smart and you listen to these podcasts so this is episode 112. Can you believe this? I've been doing this for quite a while and the reason I continue to do it is because I love doing the podcasts. I think it's a super, super resourceful way for people um, to learn and refer back to certain topics and just understand some of the more sciencey aspects in a simpler way. So I really hope you're enjoying them. Um, and this week's podcast is very anticipated by many people. Many of my clients have been asking for this and have commented on our posts this last week saying they can't wait for this. So I hope you all find this super helpful and informative. I'm excited to do this podcast. Um, so let's move on. And before we do... The information in this podcast is to be taken for informational purposes only and not to be taken as medical advice. Um, please speak to your doctor if you do plan on making changes to your health and lifestyle. Okay, moving on. Are you in perimenopause? Do you know what perimenopause is? Do you know the symptoms? Do you know what's happening to your body? Well, after this podcast, you will. So, perimenopause is really interesting. This is obviously if you're female, but there's information in here that can be beneficial for men to know too, because men are not exempt from this kind of time of our life. Um, so if you're female, this is where you're in this transition time of going into full menopause. Typically, perimenopause is where you're just starting to miss some periods. Typically, you're in mid to upper 40s, but it can start as early as 35. And as a side note, I used to work with this girl and she went through menopause at 26. So she actually went, started perimenopause in her late teens. Um, there's always going to be rare exceptions to the statistics like this. But yeah, she went through menopause at 26. Um, she had had one child before then, so lucky for her. Um, but yeah, there's always going to be these exceptions. But usually menopause starts between 48 to 51. Um, and it can take up to 10 years, meaning that the symptoms that you deal with during menopause, they can take up to 10 years to accumulate. So the hot flashes, the mood issues, the depression, anxiety, sleep issues, changes in your skin, all those things kind of consolidate and they can happen over a longer period of time. But typically perimenopause is one year. 
So, once you have had no cycle or period for 12 months, um, this is generally considered that you have entered menopause. So, all those lovely symptoms above that I just mentioned a minute ago. So, perimenopause is this in-between time where you're starting to skip cycles. Maybe you have a period every four months or every six months, or you've kind of lost your cycle regularity. Fertility may not quite be there anymore. You're not ovulating as much and you just see your cycles are getting more and more regular again typically this is kind of mid to upper 40s when all this starts to happen but it can happen earlier now what can we do to make this journey or transition easier so first thing is you want to make sure you're not getting exposed to toxic hormones in your food or in your environment. Um, so that's super important. That's number one. And then number two, the biggest hijacker of your hormones is going to be your stress hormone. So your cortisol and your adrenaline. This is really important so that you get your adrenals looked at if you're worried about perimenopause because DHEA sulfate, this is the major sex hormone precursor that's made by your adrenal glands. This is actually coming from your adrenals and it's a precursor to make more estriol in women. So precursor is like one of the ingredients that's needed to make something. Um, so it's super important to be making that estriol in women, but it can also then be converted to test testosterone in men. So estriol, I'm just breaking it down and saying it a bit slower so you don't get confused with my accent. Estriol is that dominant estrogen that you're going to have when you start becoming more menopausal. Typically, when you're cycling and you're fertile, you've got more estradiol, or E2. So the di in there stands for two. And then the estriol, the tri stands for three. So when you start to make more estriol, and that, um, that happens as you enter menopause, that can be very beneficial for you in the right environment. Um, that means, so the right environment to take advantage of this estriol, that means your nutrition, your movement, your sleep, how much sunlight you're getting, etc. That is well taken care of because that estriol can be more anti-cancer. It can have some really good anti-aging benefits, contrary to what you think because you're like, I'm entering menopause, so I'm going to start aging more. Well, no, if your environment is good, you can take advantage of this estriol. And at this stage of your life, really, you should have less stress because your kids have moved out, you should know where your career lies, and so on and so on. Um, but you can take advantage of this estriol and its anti-cancer components, um, anti-aging benefits. Estriol is really important for hydration, and that's why 
Low estriol can create vaginal dryness. It's also really good anti-inflammatory. It really helps with brain inflammation. But again, this all depends on your environment and your lifestyle. This is why um, a lot of mood issues and brain fog and cognitive issues start as you become more and more perimenopausal into menopause. If you're, <coughs> excuse me, if you're not taking care of yourself, I have many women come to me in their perimenopausal or menopausal states that suffer with brain fog and um, poor cognitive performance and inflammation. But with a bit of biohacking of their environment, I kid you not, we see that resolve within a couple of weeks. So it's very important to be taking care of your environment and yourself. So with all that taken into consideration, we understand that we have to look at the adrenals because the adrenals make DHEA and then also the adrenals make cortisol and cortisol hijacks your hormones. So cortisol, again your stress hormone, increases blood sugar so contributes towards insulin resistance and inflammation and estrogen dominance and it also decreases protein synthesis meaning you have less protein going to build up your brain chemicals and your muscles um, and that protein is primarily running through gluconeogenesis where it's cannibalizing up that protein and making more glucose or sugar or fat cells out of it so so you're going catabolic when you have um, this cortisol hijacking your hormones so stress is a terrible thing to let take over your life especially around this time in your life people will see when they start to go through perimenopause and enter into menopause we start noticing they get more flabby they get more cellulite because of that cortisol it breaks down connective tissue and it breaks down amino acids it contributes to malnutrition you see people get stiff they get inflamed they lose a lot of their strength again because they've gone catabolic um they're not producing using the protein effectively and testosterone's not getting made up properly. So you're getting your adrenals looked at is really important and making sure you're practicing anti-stress hacks daily. So there's many ways that you can address daily stress. Something as simple as counting to 10 and taking deep breaths can be effective. Um, for my clients, um, we have in my new app, we have um, one of my favorite people, Megan Som. She's a resilience coach, a women's resilience coach, but she also teaches yoga and she has provided us with some hacking stress and hacking anxiety videos that are in the app um, and also how to improve confidence and we have a restorative video from Megan in the HEDA guide. So in what I do, we're constantly trying to support people and give them tools they can use to constantly optimize their environment. Um, when we 
Next, when we look at your female hormones, because as many women go more into perimenopause, they become more estrogen dominant. Um, and honestly, a lot of women that I come into contact with lately over the last few years, even if they're not in their perimenopause age group, estrogen dominance is definitely on the increase and we can see that. But um, as these female hormones start to change, these women in perimenopause, they start to become more estrogen dominant. And the reason for this is um, because we talked about cortisol hijacking your hormones. And when it does this, it pulls progesterone down to make your stress hormone. So the more stressed you get, the more you deplete your progesterone levels. And that puts you more into an estrogen dominant state. Typically, we have more progesterone than estrogen. Um, so your sex hormones the ratios start to change uh, as you go through perimenopause and they change faster and we see a bigger change where stress is involved but this is where and most people don't correlate this but i see it and i can inform my clients of hey this is what's happening it's not very nice byproduct of perimenopause or menopause but it's a real byproduct and this is where we see your butt move to your belly so your back moves to your front your butt will start to get flatter and your belly starts to get rounder and this is a big kind of um, symptom of that change in that estrogen and the estrogen dominance so it's about a 20 to 25 to 1 ratio of progesterone to estrogen and when you start going estrogen dominant, we see that ratio change. Um, and people think, oh, that means my estrogen is going higher. Well, yes and no. Um, no, in a sense that it just means the ratios start to drop and change. So you may still have more progesterone. Um, that, but that ratio drops down a little bit. And you start to see estrogen creep up a little bit. Um, but you may not see estrogen ever go above progesterone. So write that down. That's something to remember if you're actively monitoring your sex hormones with a doctor. Um, so the ratios will start to change. Your estrogen will start to creep up. Progesterone will start to drop down. But that doesn't mean your estrogen will ever go above progesterone. So that's something to bear in mind. Right, so we have the progesterone there. And typically when cortisol or stress is prolonged, so chronic stress, this affects the HPA, the HPAT, the HPAG. So the hypothalamus, pituitary, thyroid, adrenals, gonadals, the gut, they all get affected. So it affects that feedback loop from the brain and the hypothalamus and the pituitary upstairs by the gland secreting hormones downstairs. So uh, everything is connected. When we 
when we look at cortisol rhythm and it starts fluctuating, we start to see in women changes in their menstrual cycle. A lot of the times we just see a lot of PMS or extreme PMS, which is that week or so before you actually menstruate um, or bleed, you're getting these crappy, severe migraines, you get cranky, you've got really bad cravings. And then we also see a lot of changes in cycle times. Um, sometimes shorter cycles going from 28 to 26 to 24, even less in some women. We start to have that shorter luteal phase um, and your luteal phase is that primary phase where you're supposed to be making more progesterone. And when this is shorter, your progesterone levels obviously start to drop because you're not producing enough. Um, and that's big because that's kind of like looking at your overall progesterone production. We see that drop. Um, a lot of the times we can see this happen because you've compressed your luteal phase or you've shortened it. So less days means you're lessing less, less progesterone. Um, we start to see cycle changes where you've got that shorter luteal phase, but you could see a longer follicular phase or both may just be totally out of sync and you're not ovulating at the right time uh, your ovulation is totally off or maybe you're not even ovulating at all because um, because of all this stress so I don't want to keep going on about it but stress plays a huge impact and a chemical reaction within your body um, so we'll move on about that so we've talked about the adrenals, we've talked about our female hormone cycle, we talked about hormones and how environmental toxins can affect them. Um, these things are really important because they disrupt and put more stress on your metabolism and thus your detoxification system and pathways and how they are able to metabolize hormones properly. Um, we're going to wrap up soon. So gut functions, gut health is also super important because this is where we absorb a lot of the nutrients from our food to make our hormones. Now hormones are made from good cholesterol. So cholesterol and then you've got like 25, 27 different hormones that spit out on the stress side. Um, you've got the mineral corticoside and on the anabolic estrogen, progesterone, testosterone side. So having your gut working, we need to be able to absorb nutrients so we can make our hormones work effectively and in the correct ratios. Um, we need to be able to absorb nutrients to help buffer the stress response and prevent malnutrition. So you've got magnesium, althenine, GABA, they help us buffer that stress response along with some of our adaptogens, which I've spoken about in my Facebook groups um, and on my Facebook page. We definitely want to be pushing that stress down in the evening, say after 6 p.m. Uh, and I have a few posts on this in my new web-based app. If you want to check that out, there is no commitment. So 
sign up, check it out, unsign up. Um, if we can't absorb our good amino acids and make our good inhibitory nerve transmitters like GABA through alpinine with magnesium and then dopamine through to serotonin, we're going to have problems. And this all starts in the gut. So uh, typically, if we've got a mess in the gut, we've got a mess in those hormone productions, the neurotransmitter, and then this typically starts to mess up our sleep. Um, when we start to mess with our sleep, we start to mess with our melatonin and cortisol rhythm, um, which is the next step. And if just before I move on, if we do mess up our cortisol and melatonin rhythm, we are messing up our circadian rhythm, which also messes up our metabolism and how we burn energy and store fats. So this right here is also super important. In an ideal situation or in a healthy person, melatonin goes up in the evening or at night and cortisol goes down. And that's how it's supposed to be. But if we're constantly stressed and our environment is not stacked in our favor, so this is where biohacking comes in, where we address your whole environment, then cortisol stays high at night. Uh, it disrupts your sleep, it prevents melatonin from coming up, and you get a crap sleep. Um, you, you feel terrible the next day, um, and you don't get all the benefits of a good sleep. So melatonin is a powerful antioxidant. It's also a powerful anti-cancer. Um, it's very anabolic. It helps you heal, recover, make new neurotransmitters, creates new brain cells and helps regenerate your body overall because you make a lot of your growth hormone in that first half of the night. So between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. is where we can, if we get into a good, good sleep routine and get into that nice deep sleep, we can double our regenerative processes um, in those four hours. So between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. So we want to be asleep and in deep sleep so we can plug in and access that growth hormone and all those benefits. So in this podcast, I suppose there's a lot of content in here. Go back, listen to it again. Um, what we're I suppose I'm getting at though is the body is one system and your whole environment and everything you do on a daily basis affects your body and all its different systems and will affect how harsh or severe perimenopause and menopause affect you or how easy your ride might be through this journey. You want to look at everything really and this is really important but it's very simple to um, understand. As a woman you should be taking care of yourself. You should. You should be getting good quality food, good quality sleep, practicing your um, anti-stress stress protocols, getting fresh air, laughing, having time with friends, just really taking care of yourself. You should be. Um, you do 
and this can kind of be darkening the podcast, you do only have one life. You've got this journey and you want to make the best of it and make it as easy and enjoyable for you as you can. So I really hope you found this podcast informative. A lot of people were looking forward to this. I hope I've explained what perimenopause is and how it works and how you can make your journey a bit easier. Please do share. Sharing is caring even if it's just with one person. Uh, The more people we can help the better the world is going to be eventually overall. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your continued support. I'm sorry this is a little bit longer. Um, Enjoy the rest of your week and we will chat again next week. Bye bye.